Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Core Podcast, episode 104. My name's Benjamin Yoder. I'm here today to not talk to you about First Kiss Story anymore. <laughs> um, I think I think we are beyond beyond First Kiss Story for now. Uh, although I did post a, uh, a First Kiss Story related blog post earlier this week. I was I know last week I said I wasn't sure when I was going to post it. I did just decide to go ahead and post it. So if you go to the website and go to the article section, I have a post up there about like why I ended up liking First Kiss Story and stuff like that. But but like I said. Probably no more first kiss story this week. I, I don't know what more I can say about it at the moment, but uh, we'll see. It's it's definitely not their last you'll hear from me. In ter- last you'll hear from me in terms of first kiss story, but uh, I think for what I can do right now, I, I've kind of vomited out every bit of content I possibly can surrounding first kiss story until I I do more research or anything like that. But yeah, it's a uh, it's early in the weekend actually. It's uh it's still a Friday night and I'm still recording here. Spoilers. Uh, I know this goes up on a Monday. <laughs> um, so, but I, I I think I had plenty enough to talk about as is. So I just decided, decided to go ahead and get this out of the way because I do have a lot of work I need to get done this weekend. I um I I really need to get uh the Castlevania sixty four video moving again. And then also I I did do it the the quick hits post for this weekend. Uh, I did find a few things to talk about there. Uh, so that's going to go up on, or is up on Sunday. So if you're, if you're listening to this, then that quick hits post is up mostly, uh, mostly me just kind of being, I guess, indifferent to people's problems about video games <laughs> is what it is. But I also talk a little bit about Figma's. So, so if you want, you can go read, uh, read about that. But in terms of this week, what I've done, um, I actually started up Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes, like I said I would. Um, and I only, I only unfortunately played the first hour or so. So basically it's like the first level, I guess I would consider the first level being like all the way up into the first major boss. It is kind of, at least the beginning of the game is kind of in multiple phases until you get to like a uh, trailer camp where you can kind of, you know, take on the rest of the game, but I haven't done any more of the game after that. So I'm not sure if like structurally the beginning of the game's, the game's different, but, um, I think the number one thing I heard about Travis Strikes Again when it came out was that the beginning of the game is incredibly boring. Um, but I actually came away, and maybe I, maybe this shouldn't be surprising for who I am and how I like about or how I like video games and stuff. But I actually came away like incredibly positive from the first hour of No More Heroes: uh, Travis Strikes Again. Um, I I really like the momentum of the gameplay. If if you're familiar with like older No More Heroes, those are basically like behind the back third person action brawlers. I guess you could call it almost it's it's a weird thing uh basically you like lock on and you just kind of mash the button until somebody's dead and then you do like a motion with Wii remote to kind of to go ahead and kill them um so so a lot of enemies in that game are like kind of bullet spongy to some extent it's a it's a very i don't know it's like it is a lot about crowd management but when you're actually fighting it's often at least in the first number of heroes it's often very focused on an individual person when you're when you're fighting them uh, but you kind of act, you kind of hit other people in the process of hitting the the main person you're going for. Um, but uh, Travis Strikes Again is a very different game because it's more like a top down kind of thing, and so you don't have like that kind of more grounded, uh, you know, kind of locked on combat with another character. You kind of have a free movement, and then you have like a light attack, which is essentially like a completely free attack for the most part. You can basically just sit there and swing your arm nonstop, and you can move around and everything won't stop you and uh and and i would say the light attack is probably not 
my favorite just because there's like zero there's like zero weight to it i guess this is the thing um but i guess the downside to spamming the light attack is i think it actually drains like your beam saber's energy um pretty fast so like if you don't know no more heroes like you when you attack um basically you have to recharge your beam saber after a certain period of time and just kind of like maintain a level of energy um with your weapon and then so um um, but I found myself really gravitating towards doing the heavy attacks in that game. Um, uh, there, there are enemies that only die in one hit from the light attack, but a good chunk of them uh, usually require at least like four or five hits from the light attack. So what I've mainly been doing is using the heavy attack, which typically will kill them in one hit. Or if it's a, a stronger enemy, it can take two hits or or with the there's like these guys with like mallets. Those guys take probably about. I'd say a good 10 or so heavy hits, but the heavy hit has a lot more, I guess, weight to it. It's a lot more of a rigid attack. Um, you kind of have to move into it almost. I, I would say it's like you, you, it's, it's, it has a, a, a reach to it, I guess. Like when you attack, you don't just like sit there and swipe in front of you. You kind of lunge forward when you do it a little bit. Not like a complete dash forward, but just like a light lunge. So I feel like a lot of the combat is kind of like, moving to moving to like a safe position around an enemy and then and then lunging in and smacking them for an attack and then in most cases killing them instantly and then kind of trying to like roll and reposition yourself to smack into somebody else so it's like this kind of like stop start combat of just like like hit move hit move and just keep doing that kind of thing um um, and I was actually like really, really enjoying it. And there's like these little, little skills you can equip. So, uh, the earliest ones you get in the first level are like the ability to throw people. Um, you can also get like a spread shot out of your hand. And then I also got one that like slows down time. I got an, an electric electricity one as well, but I haven't had the chance to try it yet. And, uh, those skills are, are basically on cooldown. So they're, they just take a time, a period of time to, to recharge and uh, they're actually very useful. Um, the throwing one's a little finicky because if somebody like hits you while you're trying to throw an enemy, um, it actually makes you drop the skill, and you have to <laughs> you have to wait for the cooldown to to restart. I'm kind of surprised they do that, um, but uh, it, it it's kind of finicky because you can kind of throw the enemy in any direction, and so you you got to be kind of not really finicky maybe, but you have you got to be kind of precise. Um, and with how hectic that game is, I feel like it can be really hard to be particularly precise with those throws when you're kind of being swarmed by enemies. So, so usually I'll just grab somebody and then flick them off as fast as possible and try to like generally aim in somebody's direction. And the other moves I think are pretty self-explanatory. The slowdown one is just like a field you can set down and then any enemies within that field are, are slowed. Um, and the, the spread shot is actually, I, one thing I do like a lot about the spread shot actually is so you can use it from afar and, uh, that will, you know, hit multiple enemies and, and if they're smaller enemies, it'll go ahead and kill a bunch of them. Um, but if you're using it up close, it, uh, it will hit, uh, the enemy a bunch of times, one enemy a bunch of times, but it's not just a lot of damage. It also has a stun effect associated with it. So even though the spread shot is kind of like a a skill that I wouldn't, you know, typically consider to be like a, a useful boss skill per se. It's actually very useful in this game because you just get, you basically can just roll up on a boss and then stun him and then just basically get free hits to sit there and do the heavy attacks over and over and over again. So, so yeah, I really enjoyed the the beginning of that game. Again, it was only the first hour, so maybe I'll feel differently uh, as time goes on. But uh, for considering other people were saying that that uh, part of the game was their least favorite. 
Um, I, I'm, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what's, uh, what's, what's coming up. Um, I did look up some footage online of other people playing, so I was kind of curious. Um, and, and what I found was a lot of people were just, like, spamming light attack, which seems like it's probably the more efficient way to play in terms of just, like, you know, you basically just sit there and catch a bunch of enemies in front of you, and then you hit them, like, you know, five to ten times, and then they die. Um, but, uh, it, it didn't look like a particularly fun way to play the game, which I can totally understand, like, if, like, I, if that is what the case is where the game just, like, is, like, not, it doesn't balance itself well for the light attack versus the heavy attack thing. Um, I think that's totally like the fault of the game, obviously. Um, but at the same time, it's also like, it reminds me a lot of like, like the Gunvolt situation where Gunvolt, you can kind of run through everything if you really want to, but you're kind of robbing yourself of the game if you just do that. Um, so you really like interacting with the mechanics, I think is a, a lot more uh, satisfying than than simply just sitting there and, and trying to spam the thing that that makes life the easiest per se. But again, I can't really fault people for abusing that mechanic either. So I, I totally understand that. Um, I did ask my friend, or I did talk to my friend Anthony about it a little bit, and he said one thing he did notice when he was playing is that he had to recharge his lightsaber a lot, and it sounded like he was also using light attacks a bunch. So I wonder if that's the one downside is that, you know, how much energy is burned is based off how many times you hit an enemy. So you might have to recharge a lot because I rarely ever had to recharge and I was using like heavy attacks maybe 70% of the time. So so maybe that's the uh, the downside of it. But I mean, if you're willing to sit there and recharge over and over again, then there, there you go. So I also really like the aesthetics of the first level too. I, I basically you get to go, well, the, the training area I say is a little boring. It's basically just like a little dirt warehouse area. Um, but you kind of go through to like this, this, uh, big long street with like neon signs and that kind of transforms into just like this weird tunnel with like a bunch of sparkles and stuff down it. Um, um, it's just, it's just, it's not, aesthetically it's, it's pretty nice. It kind of, at some point of that first level, it starts reminding me a little bit of like El Shaddai a little bit. <laughs> and I think in, in some ways the combat actually reminds me a little bit of El Shaddai as well. It's, uh. I think it's, I had to look at El Shaddai's gameplay again. I unfortunately don't have a copy of El Shaddai anymore. I really should get another copy, but I feel like El Shaddai is very much that like kind of stop start movement of just like, like roll to a favorable position and then just like smack some dude, then roll to another favorable position and then smack that dude there and just kind of keep doing that. Um, I think there's a rhythm to El Shaddai's combat that I feel like feels very similar to No More Heroes, Travis Strikes Again. Um, but you know, I need to spend more time at the game. Maybe, maybe it'll get kind of boring. I mean, the combos are pretty simple. You have the light attack, which is basically just left, right, left, right, left, right, as many times as you can. And then the, the, the heavy attack is a two hit combo. And that's kind of it. The two hit combo does kind of like wrap back into itself pretty easily. So you can sit there and just kind of keep going with the heavy attacks. Um, and there's also a roll heavy attack too. So I guess you could technically make it like a three hit combo to some extent. But yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. And I really look forward to spending more time with it. I think the one thing I can say is that like story wise, it looks pretty light. But um, I still think... I, I can't say I've really enjoyed a lot of the writing in the last handful of... Uh, suda 51 games or grasshopper games um so i think it being light is probably for the best and and what dialogue is there can be pretty silly at times which is nice um but i i do feel like that that they they stuck they i feel like it's one of those things where it's like oh they they kind of took the wrong lessons from the writing when it comes to no more heroes one and kind of took the parts of it that were 
were were silly and novel and tried to make that like the core foundation of what it is like always talking about like oh the gamers oh like when this text box closes oh the boss fight's gonna start it's like it's like travis is constantly keeping in mind that you the player is there and and i think that stuff is interesting for maybe like a a side note to some things like 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 as a one or two two like little special dialogue for a game like it happens once or twice but in terms of like every single dialogue sequence feeling like it has to reference you the the player in some way or or a video game trope in some way um it does feel a little just like ah, okay yeah whatever but it again like there's very little dialogue in the first place so i don't think it's really that much of a problem per se so so yeah, I guess that's that's a lot of talking for one hour of a video game, I feel like. But I, I feel like I have a lot of thoughts on that first hour already. Um but I'm excited to touch it to I spend more time with it. So so we we shall see. In addition, uh I haven't played anything otherwise, I don't think. But uh but I did uh get another set of video games for my sister. So it just as a heads up, if you don't know, uh my sister has all my video games right now because we we basically got them on my mom's house because she wasn't sending them to me. And now my sister in Florida has all my video games and then she's shipping them to me out here in Nevada. Nevada. Someone gave me a hard time saying Nevada the other day. I was like, ah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so it's a bunch of PS2 and Wii games. So I was actually pretty excited about that. Um, uh, I, a lot of that stuff, um, I, I had out here already. Like I, I brought all the Castlevanias out with me, just the discs. So I just finally got the cases back. But, uh, one thing I always forget when I get those, those games for my sister is that like my, my mom's house is, is not a nice place per se. <laughs> um, and, uh, it, all those cases get like really grungy at some point living there. It's a long story, but basically that house is kind of a wreck. Um, and I grew up there for a good period of time. So at some point, like these cases would get grungy and you just wouldn't think much about it because the whole house was kind of grungy. So, Hey, when you live out of sight of that for a while, then you kind of realize, huh, these cases are kind of absolutely disgusting <laughs> in some ways. They're not that bad, but they, they definitely aren't, aren't pristine in a, in a way they could be. So, so I, when I've been getting them, I've been cleaning them off. So the, the Wii cases, unfortunately are, a little more difficult because they're white cases so they hold like a little like i don't know there's like a like a yellow <laughs> like a yellow slight stain to the top of them that just like exists on those cases and if i if i i bleach them it usually will come out but i can't like get it entirely and then you know i'm also being careful not to not to damage anything or anything like that. So, so I've been basically like bleaching the top of the Wii games, Wii game cases and the PS2 games. I've just been doing more general cleaning on, um, uh, just with like a microfiber cloth and, and stuff like that. So, so yeah. And so I, I got, <laughs> I got my, uh, my set of devil may cry games here, which, uh, Anthony, uh, speaking of Anthony again, um, also gifted me a set of Devil May Cry games to the PS2. So now I have two Devil May Cry PS2 collections, <laughs> but one is a white box and one's a black box. So I have the the two variants. <laughs> um, uh, and then now I also have my US copy of Dirge of Cerberus. So I now have three copies of Dirge of Cerberus on my shelf too. And Anthony also gave me a copy of Shadow of the Colossus, but I also have Shadow of the Colossus already, so now I have two copies of Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> Although my actual copy of Shadow of the Colossus is a uh, Greatest Hits version, so so at least uh, the one Anthony gave me is like a black label one. So, so yeah, I have a weird number of PS2 duplicates here 
<laughs> don't really know how that happened uh other than just dumb reasons of me importing dirge server as a bunch because i am silly but yeah so those are all cleaned up and then uh that just means more of a pool to do quick play streams for so so i'm pretty excited uh to to finally sit down and do some quick play stream stuff i'm gonna try to see if i can do that quick play stream stuff this weekend or at least set some up or kind of figure out some kind of plan because i do want to get a steady flow of quick play uh uh videos up on the the youtube channel especially since i don't think i'll have anything ready for may so um so i'll go ahead and uh and and kind of take account of what i have here and try to figure out the problem is, is i got to figure out like which games i can talk about since i don't just want to cold turn it on and be like oh i don't know if i can talk about this game <laughs> so so yeah I know we're 17 minutes into the podcast, but I did have a couple of news stories I wanted to touch on. Um, to one, I think is the one everything everyone everyone's pretty much talking about. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, uh, Final Fantasy VII remake trailer was uh, shown. A new one was shown at uh, the State of Play. Nothing really to say there. I, I'm really happy they kind of cleaned up. Um, uh, Cloud's character model. If you look at the original Final Fantasy VII remake trailer, Cloud looks very sickly. And and even at the time, I noticed that, and I was just like, oh boy, that boy, that boy needs to get someone needs to feed that boy some food. <laughs> um, not the skinny part of it. I think a lot of it had to do with his skin. I think they tried really hard to make his skin look pretty realistic. But I think you always, whenever you do that, you kind of always run up against the the issue of like, oh, it, it kind of looks uncanny in some ways if you don't get it right. And so he just kind of looked like he had food poisoning or something. Some of those trailers. So, so in the new one, they made him more, more clean, I guess you'd say like more, more of a, a, I don't know, like a, a simpler shade, I feel like of skin color. So I feel like he's, uh, they, they kind of clean that up a little bit. And I think he looks a lot better because of it. Um, the rest of the stuff though, like gameplay wise, I don't really feel like there's anything new in that trailer. Um, but I'm looking forward to see if they show off some extended gameplay at E3. That's what I'm really looking for. Like the, it's, it's neat seeing the cutscenes and stuff and seeing like them remake this stuff. But, but really what I want to see is how that game's going to play. Um, um, in the trailer, you can kind of see the person mashing the attack button. So it might not be the same case as like a Final Fantasy 15, where like you could just sit there and hold the attack button. 15 is a weird game, but I'll 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 talk about that here in the near future when I actually sit down and start playing Final Fantasy 15 again. So uh, and then apparently that game's still episodic. Final Fantasy 7 remake. I was I was kind of surprised, but uh, I guess you know that the, they were upfront and early on were like, hey, we can't realistically remake this entire game um uh in one package and and make money back on it so they're like we gotta break this up i think the, the thing that's gonna be interesting is like i wonder if final fantasy 7 remake is coming out sooner than expected um because i do like this this is basically part of the playstation 4 state of play stuff so i wonder if like like, it seems weird to start an episodic thing so late in the PlayStation 4 era, but maybe the plan is to have, like, a, a cross, like, like port the game to PS5 whenever that comes around, and then, and then you know, continue it there, and then maybe continue to have a PS4 release as long as that's viable. Um, I guess they haven't really said how long they plan to break the game up, but I would assume it'd be, like, in three parts. I think Final Fantasy VII is in three discs. I can't remember, but I'm going to guess the first one's going to be all Midgar or something like that, because that's kind of, like, a clean first act. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to play that game. I, uh, I, uh, am really interested to see a really, uh, a retelling of Final Fantasy VII. Um, 
because I don't know if I'll ever revisit that game in its original form. Not because there's anything bad with it. I just can't imagine justifying it um, at this point in terms of like, you know, I'd rather play a new JRPG. And I think Final Fantasy VII kind of kind of scratches or Final Fantasy VII Remake kind of scratches that itch of like, ah, you know, it is it is kind of like revisiting that thing and getting a chance to kind of like re-see what that game is. But it's also new in some ways. So you're, you know, hopefully getting getting a more clear picture of that story because, hey, that translation was kind of awful. <laughs> um and then just one other thing was uh, To All Mankind. If you're not familiar, uh, that's basically, I think, who is doing this? Nipponichi is doing this. It's basically a, like, survival game. It kind of reminds me of Lost in Blue a little bit where it's like, oh, you got to go around and, like, feed their, the characters and stuff and, and make sure they're all well so they can continue to work. And it's basically a bunch of, of, of girls, like, trying to survive in, in a post-apocalyptic Akihabara. Um, really not a lot to say about it, but I was surprised they... I, I think they hadn't been showing off gameplay for a very long time. I remember all their trailers were just basically just like the character art, like flying around on screen <laughs> um, over and over again. I think they've had like three trailers at this point. And I'm not sure, maybe they posted this on the website a long time ago, but they had some screenshots, screenshots on their website. I'm kind of surprised how bland that game looks in terms of like visuals. <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting like, I don't know how to put it. It's a it's a it's a, a Nintendo Switch and PlayStation Four title, but it reminds me a lot of like early PS Vita titles, where it's like that weird line between PSP and and PS Vita, and everything's just like really simple geometry. And I think there's like some parts of the game where you kind of lose focus of things in the distance, and and it just makes everything look kind of grungy. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I'll link the website in the, uh, the article, and just click on the website, and you'll find some screenshots eventually. But yeah, it just kind of looks like a like one of those early like PSP cross Vita titles so I'm surprised it's a PS4 and Switch title but maybe it was something they were working on on Vita and then and then they had to move on because you know the Vita isn't exactly the easiest system to produce for at this point at least in terms of physical sales I wonder how Vita does in Japan digitally because I know like Japan is typically not doing as many digital sales with games so That'd be interesting, but uh, but yeah, I mean, that's not. It's a comment on the quality of the game. Obviously, overall, I've played many games where visually it's not up to snuff, and that's perfectly fine as long as the game's good. So, so yeah, I guess that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. Um, I am going to try to uh get some sort of regular release content pulled together while I try to get this Castlevania sixty four video done so i'll i'll give you guys an update probably next week on what the plan is or i'll come back next week and be like i'm sorry i have nothing <laughs> um uh, but there is a weekend hits post this week or on a yeah from this weekend so if you want to if you want to go read me ram read about me rambling about some things uh i guess it's somewhat of an opinionated week this week uh and i do touch on some more like popular topics so if you if you want to hear my thoughts on some some more mainstream game news then sure go for it but really i think my thoughts are is that none of it really matters and <laughs> and like people getting upset about things probably isn't worth getting upset over so uh so yeah and then like i said the first kiss story article went up uh on tuesday uh last week so so if you didn't get a chance to read that i recommend it um you know it's, it's not so much about the game but if you want kind of like a, a insight into why i play some of the stuff i play because i know i play a lot of weird stuff here and there for strange reasons and it's difficult to explain why sometimes like first kiss story was probably not 
the easiest thing to really come to terms with of why I was playing it and enjoying it. Um, I kind of just kind of tackle that in there and, and just kind of talk about like, you know, what I think the game did well in terms of kind of drawing me in. Um, and then also, also, you know, what that game was kind of scratching for me personally. Cause I think some of it is just like, you know, uh, some of it's not something that it, it would be relatable to most people. So, so yeah, I, I would recommend reading that, I guess. It was fun. It was, it's a very casual post. So don't go in there expecting like anything, anything crazy. So, um, definitely, definitely want to play more Travis strikes again this weekend. So I'll try to give you guys an update on that next week. Um, there's a stream for Resident Evil seven part one, uh, went up on Friday. So if you want to, uh, <laughs> man, Resident Evil seven, I, oh man, I do not like Resident Evil seven very much. And we'll probably get into this like in more detail at some point on the podcast, but like, I, I became incredibly frustrated that game during that stream and, and was very not happy by the end of the stream. So if you want to come and tell me how I'm playing Resident Evil seven wrong, you can watch my stream of Resident Evil seven on my YouTube channel, onecontrollerport.com. And all this other content I'm mentioning is also on the website, onecontrollerport.com. That is my website, just a reminder. And uh, I guess that's it for this week. Again, thank you for coming, and I hope you have a great week. Bye.